0: All right. You know how we do, everyone. Go ahead and take your tablets, your iPads, whatever it is you use. Hey, thanks, Paul. If you want to stand up, (laughs) we'll go ahead and we'll stand with you, Paul. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and hold our devices up or Bibles. Good. And everyone, let's just say this together. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. It has the power to transform my faith my family, and my future. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. While you're still standing, dear Father, we just thank you on today because you are real. You are so real. So, so real, Lord. And we need to really grasp that and not saying we're all in the same place and not saying that our lives are so bad, but there's so much greater... That you have in store for us, and we just we really need to buckle down and take hold of your promises and your blessings. Lord, there are so many commands in your word, but there are so far more blessings and promises, things that you want to put in our lives and in our hands, that we can be a blessing to the kingdom and bless those who don't know you. Lord, that he that wineth souls is wise. Lord, we want to give you all the glory and honor on today. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that our hearts are tender and we are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise the
1: Lord. Well, we're down to our last three points. Many of you know that um, we did a, a survey. You, you guys were able to submit. Um, can we, um, the children can stay in here today. The children can stay in here. They, they, um, And can we turn the air up just a little? I'm, it's yeah. warm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, bump, it's hot in bump here. I'm down
0: at least one degree for right now. Yeah, just least for one, one
1: degree. <laughs> 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 Praise the Lord. <laughs> I look good. Um, many of you know we sent out a, a, a survey and we, we gave you the opportunity to anonymously list some of the strongholds that you were dealing with. And so we're down to our last three, which is addiction, um, which is uh, anger, anger and being consistent with God. Okay, addiction. I hear somebody choking over there. (laughs) Addiction, anger, and being consistent with God. And we can't point fingers because at any given time, we find ourselves or we may even find ourselves dealing with that right now with some form of addiction, some form of anger um, and, and some form of being consistent with God. Um, it's just in this busy um, lifestyle and with technology, we we can get distracted. We can become complacent. Um, and and I, I, I said it a little bit before we started praise and worship. But God really ministered to me because we sung the song chasing after chasing after you. And I asked the Lord this morning, what does chasing after you really means? And it it means that we are chasing after the heart of God, chasing after the things of God. We're so hungry um, that we're chasing him. And if we find that we are chasing other things and we are more of God, then we need to look at our life. We need to evaluate that we are dealing with addiction. Addiction. Addiction can be addiction to to uh, substances like cigarettes, uh, alcohol. Um, it can be addicted to a whole lot of uh, uh, tangible things. Um, it can even be addicted. Addiction. order to preserve your reputation to preserve you and from whatever it is it could be addiction to a person you know um it can be just your your it's so much in the mindset that this person has consumed you so much or it could be addiction to food um there's so many things the list goes on and on and on about things that we can be addicted to so addiction um When you think of addiction, it talks about to be brought into bondage or to become a slave or a servant to that which you are addicted to. Whatever you're addicted to, you have now been brought into bondage with it and you become its slave or you become their slave or their servant. And you don't want to think of yourself as being a slave or a servant to that. But let's look at the next slide. The next slide says that a slave means the act of being completely under the control of a person. How much you want to let that influence that you cannot even let it go? It's influencing your thoughts, influencing how you feel, influencing what you say, influencing what you do. Pastor Robert, I see
0: you. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not putting casting. as Pastor Wendy keeps telling me stop casting shade. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody, but I'm using this as an example. But I've, I've never smoked. I tried it, and it just didn't work for me. But I was listening to someone, and they said, you got a piece. Here it is, you done went to high school, done went to college, got your master's degree or whatever it is, holding down a job, making good money and all this, but a little piece of paper with some tobacco in it got you crawling the walls all in the middle of the night. <laughs> and, it, and it has control of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but we have to list that to so many other things because we can be, you know, Pastor Wendy named a few things because we often want to point the finger. We're so quick to point finger at the first thing as a smoker it's like smokers smokers smoking we're like yeah god got a special special place in hell for smokers like come on now so we can be addicted to watching tv we can be addicted to our computers we can be addicted to it's our phones sweet. i mean and i just honestly and i find myself more and more when i get in public places is not it my phone. It's like if there's a magazine there that i can read i mean it could be home and garden or something but we are so quick come on y'all pull out our phones, and it's like, guess what? You just watched the left home. You were already on level 75, but before you see the doctor, you got to get to level 80. I
1: mean, we are so addicted to our phones. And how many, how many, I saw it last night, Pastor Robert, myself, and my sister, we were watching a movie last night. And I kind of just looked, now we're we're supposed to be watching a movie, but in the midst of watching the movie, our phones are in our hands. And we're, we're doing this, but watching a movie at the same time. Y'all ever been there? It's like you you got to see what's or either playing a game while you're watching a movie. Put the phone down and let's just. And I told Pastor Robert, this is family time. We're going to have some quality time. Um, You can be addicted to even sleep. It's like, and you're people like addicted to sleep. Yes. You got to have that nap in the midday. You got to have that midday. I got to have my nap. I got you can be so addicted to it to where you literally start craving that time to go and have, a, even though you know, however, because you're, you have you have programmed your body that this is the way that it's supposed to be, and so uh, it talks about bringing under the, a powerful influence. Got a it's a it's an influence on you. Um, it's so influential that that you can't even let it go, even if you want to let it go. Um, let's go. And then it says it's Ex- excessive dependence on or devotion to something or someone. You are so you are more devoted to that than you are to God. You are so dependent on that thing or that person than you are of God. You you are dependent on that thing fulfilling. <laughs> uh, um about that satisfaction that you're looking for instead of being dependent on God and saying, God, satisfy this longing that's within me. Satisfy this need that I have right now. The last I checked, the Bible, the Bible talks about that God is able to meet some of our needs. See, y'all didn't even catch that. He said he's able to meet some of our needs or all. He said that he's able to meet all of, I didn't misquote that. I wanted to see if y'all, he's last I checked. I don't have to be dependent upon this because God is able to meet all of my needs. Everything that I, I, everything that I could ever ask or want, he's able to take care of it. Let's look at John 8 and 34 when we're talking about being addicted to something. It says, Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, and I think this is the message translation it says that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life. Whatever you're addicted to, it's a dead-end. Whatever has a powerful influence or whoever has a powerful influence over you, you are trapped in a dead-end life. It's not going to lead to to life and blessings, but it's a dead-end life. And it says, in fact, you are a slave to whatever you're trapped in. Amen. Whatever you're trapped in, you're a slave to it, and you're not going about any good. And 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 one thing about it is, one test is look at what you're holding on to, and see if it's really being prosperous year after year. You've been doing this thing, and has it done anything for you? Has it brought any blessings or prosperity to your life? Has it added anything, added any value? If it added no value, then you need to get rid of it. Those things that do not add value to your life, you need to let it go. All right, I'm going to move on. Let's go to Romans 6 and 16. Romans 6 and 16. I'm about having value, having people around me that adds value doing things that add value to my life romans 6 and 16 says don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey pastor robert and i just i'm gonna use that analogy when he talked about that um cigarettes and we'll just use that as an example um um, the craving is so great that you obey the craving. And you go and do what you know that you should not do because you need to fulfill that craving. You have now become a slave to it because you're obeying me and saying, "You got to have me." And it's calling you, "Come, come get me, come be with me, come, come, come." I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, video games, come, come play. I can spend hours and hours and hours playing video games. Not just youth. Hours, you're right, Pastor Robert. Thank you for correcting me. Hours and hours and hours playing video games. That is every we look up, and time is past. That next one says, You can be a slave to sin, which leads to what to death. Righteous living. You choose. The Bible says, Choose you today whom you will serve. Choose you this day. Are you going to serve God? Or are you going to serve mammon? Are you going to serve your flesh? Let's look at 2 Peter. And this uh, 2 Peter 2 19 through th- 20 says, Whatever you're addicted to, it promises freedom. Uh I'm sorry. Second uh Second Peter 19 next verse Pamela? There is none. Okay. I might have um uh Okay, let me just let me just go It says but I know the The Bible, your smartphone. It says that uh, I, but I don't have what it takes. This addiction. He cannot let this go. Cannot let them go. Cannot let it go. Um, it says I really it, but I really do it I really do it. Do I find processes and God is saying I want you to I want self-talk a lot. And I want to pull that down on today. Within me and Choose. I'm gonna get rid of it on today. It says which. Deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Quicksand is a prime example. The more you try to get out of quicksand, the more it sucks you down. And that's how it is with the addiction. But it says that now you must what? Give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness. Instead of giving yourself to that thing that's enslaving you, give yourself to righteousness. Give one of the point number one is we must yield to God, yield yourself and yield ourselves to God to righteousness, right way of living. God, what does your word say? God, I yield myself to you. Uh, Eight twenty six. We to deal with it and break free. But the Bible says that likewise the Spirit helps us. When you're weak, the Spirit will come alongside and strengthen you. But you got to ask for His help. You got to say, God, I don't have the power within me. I'm deep, I'm sunk, I'm so far in. God, I don't know how to get out of this thing. I've tried in many 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 years and 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 um, when we looked at it, we also asked when we asked what were uh, the strongholds um some of the uh, some went with some of the strongholds addiction um, somebody put ten years, somebody put a lifetime, somebody put five years. you have been dealing with this over year after year and tried to get rid of it, and can't you do and, and I say to myself, do you not realize? That you don't have the power to let it go. Amen. You've tried. So why not try God? And it says like my spirit also helps in our weaknesses. But when you cry. I was a cigarette smoker and I've told this story before I smoked cigarettes I got so bad to where I would didn't have any money and didn't have any cigarettes, and I would go and in the ashtray and smoke the butts because I had to have it it had control over me and it wasn't until one day I said Lord I'm sick and tired of this I'm sick and tired of going to church and acting like everything's all right. God, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And when I yielded myself to God and said, Lord, take this mess away from me. He took it away from me. Now, may that may not be your story. It may be a progressive type of deliverance. Progressive means it may happen over time. But at, 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 if you if you give it to God and you find yourself tomorrow doing the same thing, give it to Him again. Constantly give it to Him until one day you find yourself you're gonna be riding your bike without it. You, you, you've been there before little children, you got to hold them a little bit. And then after a while, I think about my, um, my great nephew, he had a bicycle and, and his legs were not strong enough to pedal the pedals. But before he left to go back home to his mom, man, he was riding everywhere because why? His legs had gotten strong enough. And so until you get strong enough to let this go, continue to say, God, I give it to you. God, I surrender it. I give it all to you. So, cry out to God and yield yourself to God.
0: Um, after 2 Peter 2, 19, the passage of scripture she has on here, she was thinking there was another verse. And I believe, because is that the message translation? Yeah. She's actually reading from Romans chapter 7. So, that other passage of scripture is Romans chapter 7. There you go. And I've heard this said more than uh, several years ago, I would say 10, 20 years ago. You all remember the D.A.R.E. program, you know, about drugs. And and their key phrase was, just say what? No. Just say no. And we have to learn when sin comes is no. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things that when people ask you, and and I say this a lot, hey, can you pick me up after work? It's like, I got to check. I'm not sure. It's like, I thought I could, but I can't. So you got to find another way. Or I can come get you, but it'd be much later. But other things, you just have, we have to just learn to say no. We just, I mean, when when it comes to you, not, or let me think about it, or let me check my schedule, learn to tell the devil no. Tell your flesh no. The next point we're going to deal with is anger. Anger the A word. (laughs) Anger. The definition is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Other words, I thought I'd eliminate that. Irritation, irritability, indignation, displeasure, resentment. Resentment. Holding on to it. We say we forget, or we say we have forgiven, and and let's face it, we don't forget. We just don't have that ability. Some things, it's like I don't really recall that, but we really don't forget, and I'm not just saying bad things, but we don't forget. And then when somebody reminds you, hey, did they ever give you that $20? And, oh, there goes your temper all over again. <laughs> just when you thought you had let it go. <laughs> and, the, and the thing about it is, and, and I'll get more into this, even when you let it go, other people can bring that back on you. Amen. That's true. If we, are, if we don't put those walls up, it'll bring it back on you. So I don't want to talk so much about your solution, but I want to ask you some questions and let let us do some self-diagnosis. Number one, do you stay angry for long periods, hours or days, and who's commonly affected by your anger? Mm. Amen. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) How long when you get angry, how long does it take before you come to your senses and say, you know something? why am I wasting my time being so angry? This is absolutely getting me nowhere. And when you are angry, do people around you notice it? And it's like, okay, well, we know he's stay away from them. Put your head down. Stay away from them because they are angry. They are angry. And that's not, a. I mean, it's, it's the Bible does say be angry, but
1: sin not. And and, and let me, let me uh, put something in there even to the point we prolong the anger because we justify why we're angry. We justify the reason why we're angry. Well, they didn't apologize yet. Or, you know, they're still doing the same thing. So you justify the length of time of why you're angry with that person because it's based upon them and not based upon you.
0: Point number two: Do you become another person? <laughs> do you become another person when you become angry? I mean, it's like the kids in in the back in the back seat <laughs> singing the shark song and all that. <laughs> Somebody cuts you off, and they're like, "Oh, oh." Mommy, mommy, calm down. (laughs) You're going to make us late for soccer practice. We're going to be in the hospital. I mean, when you become, when we become so angry, it's like, whoa, where is all of this coming from? Because what often happens, and I I know this within myself, I remember, um, man, this was back in the early 90s. And I had some stuff going on in my life. And I was on my way to work. I was on active duty then. And I was on my way to work. And a guy in the platoon was running down. They were doing fitness training. And you're always told when you're leading the formation, you stay right beside the formation. Well, this guy felt like he had a right. I'm on my side of the street. He's on his side. The platoon is on that side of the street. But he's running in my lane. Coming at my car. And I mean, I'm telling y'all, I won't like, I won't like save then. So, I like, I'm staying my line. And he's running towards my car. And I held my line. And he bumped my mirror. I put my car in neutral, pulled, pulled the brake. I got out and I gave him an earful. But I wasn't angry at him. I was angry at some other issues. And I took it out on him. Mm. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves when oh we gosh. react a certain way to a certain situation, is it because we're already angry and we haven't let something else go?
1: And Pastor Robert brings up a good point. There's times that we're angry and we're, we're angry at a, a, at a person or a particular thing. And because we cannot take our anger out on that, we in turn take our anger out on someone else. We, you know, we're like, what in the world? We went to zero to 100, like in no time. And it was because really, um, that person was closest to you and they were accessible more so than the person that you were angry with or the thing that you were angry with. So in turn, you, you end up taking it out. And, and I was thinking about the anger. When you take, when you do that, some things are irreparable. When you do that, some things are irreparable. So that is why we say d- anger when you're dealing with your anger, you have to deal with the anger here and not deal with the anger externally. What what's going on in the person a lot and a lot of times we deal with the external versus dealing with in here. Um and, and I uh Pastor Robert when he was talking about uh uh we become another person. There was two things. Um, y- y'all, Anybody know about the gremlins? Anybody remember the gremlins? They were some cute, cuddly, little, furry, little, pretty little things. And he held them and he was like, oh, they're so cuddly and they're so cute. And then all of a sudden, one little drop of water. And when you got them jokers wet, they were the meanest rascals that you could ever find. And that's how it is. They turn you so cute and cuddly, but oh, push that button and turn into something totally different. So,
0: All right. Um, Point number four. Excuse me, women. I'm sorry, number three. What brings you out of states of anger other than time itself? You know, it's like, and, and people say, you know, time heals all wounds. No, that's not true. But other than time passing, what's the best way to get out of your state of anger? I mean, do you need to go? I mean, do you need some coffee? <laughs> I mean, do you need a cigarette? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> quiet time? All right. Anybody else? We'll open it up on that one. Food? Okay. Go watch a movie, listen to a song. Anyone else? Okay. But you you ha- it's important to know that this is your trigger point, but it's also important to know how do I need to get out of this? What do I need to do to get out of this? <laughs> okay, number 4, um very important to know that this emotion comes from God, but never but never Acted in
1: haste.
0: Mm. Anger is something that that we get from God, but God never acted in haste. Let's go to Genesis. Look at Genesis chapter six. Um, this is prior to um, when God flooded the earth, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, "The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and He saw that everything." They thought or imagined was consistently Mm. and totally evil. Everything that people thought about was nothing but evil. So the Lord was sorry he even made them and put them on this Uh earth. It broke his heart. Ah, So what did God say then? And the Lord said, I will wipe the human race that I created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground and even birds from the sky. I am sorry I ever, ever made oh, them. And then verse eight says, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Amen. Do you not think that God will change the situation? Because you are involved. Because you are connected to it. Mm, That's good. So when God sees that you are in a situation, like I say, anger, God was angry. He was ready to destroy all of the earth. But he found eight souls. One man, his wife, three sons, and their wives. And God changes the situation. But because of Noah, God changed his mind. So what is the Noah in your life mm. that causes you to come out of your anger? Amen. You know, it's like, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to clock you right now. But if I, go, <laughs> if I hit you, I'm going to jail and I'm going to lose my job. And I got a wife and I got children. I got other people that look up to me. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You have to know what your Noah is. You've got to know that. Amen. Um Let's look at Exodus chapter 17. Now, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt and they're on their way. They're in between, but tormented by thirst, tormented by thirst. They continue to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Next. Then Moses cried out to the Lord. What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff and use the one you used that you struck the water in the, of the Nile and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and the water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told. Moses did what he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. All right. Then in Numbers chapter 20, why did you make us, and this is just a short time later, why did you make us leave Egypt? Because no matter what God did, no matter what God did for you last week, we sing, Jesus, I'll never forget. What you've done for me, Jesus, I'll never... And we sing that. But as soon as it don't work right, we don't forgot. Why did you bring us out of Egypt and bring us to this terrible place? This land, ha, this land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. They're drinking about... They're all about water again. You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch. Speak to the rock over there. And this is God speaking. What did he tell him to do? Speak to it. Speak to the rock, and it will pour out water. You will provide enough water to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He kept the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then Moses raised his hands and did what? Struck struck the rock twice, and the water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank and their field. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. So anger will cost you. And remember, I said how you can be—you something triggers your trips your trigger, and so we take it out on that other person. That's right. See, Moses was angry with the people. He wasn't angry with God. He was angry with all of this. Come on, y'all. I'm I'm doing the best I can here. I'm saved just like y'all are. I go to church just like y'all. Are. I farm just like you do. I'm only doing this because I was called to do it. Not that I asked to do it. I didn't want to do it. But God called me to do this thing. And so he takes his anger out on the rock and beat it.
1: Mm.
0: Not because he was mad at God, but because he was mad at people. We have to learn to let those things go. So what's the cure for anger? Number one, trust. Trust what God's word says. Trust what God's spirit is saying. Trust that if you look back into your past, somewhere, somewhere you're going to find where God delivered you from a situation. Trust that God's going to do that. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Forgiveness. Driving down Hampton Boulevard the other day. Everybody wants to get around the truck. Everybody wants to get around the truck. And I'm just letting y'all know, watch out for us. And the other thing about it is, those trucks may move super fast, but I'm telling you, when there's no weight on the back, they go just as fast as your car. I promise you that. They can go just as fast as your car. I'm talking about from zero to 60. They go just as fast as your car. So this guy gets in the lane, and he's in a turning lane. He wants to go past all of these cars, And when he gets to the light, when his lane ends, he's putting his signal on and coming to my lane. So I blow my horn. And then I realize, you know something, I'm not going to fight this battle with you. I back off and I let him get in. He rolls his window down like, hey, like, what's up? And he goes from five fingers down to one. And then, I mean, it's like, you're in the wrong and I let you in. But now you're going to do that to me. So what did I do? I forgive them, let them go. Just smile away.
1: <laughs> and and, and, and go, I'm ahead. Sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. And, and the thing is, um, in dealing with anger and and forgiveness, understand that the forgiveness is more for you than it is for the person. Amen. Forgiveness releases you, because as long as you hold on to that unforgiveness, you are holding yourself captive to the favor of God. You're holding yourself captive to whatever it is that you will not release. So forgiveness is more for your benefit and for your well-being and for your blessings than it is for anybody else. What did Jesus say? Jesus didn't do anything wrong, but he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. So in other words, he was releasing forgiveness. And then the other thing is, and I had to learn this, there are times that you have to release forgiveness. You got to release that person. You want to see change and you want to see something different in their life. Forgive them because as long as you hold unforgiveness against that person, you're holding them captive. And when you release that forgiveness, then you're able to pray for them and you're able to allow God to move in their life. Because what you're saying is you've already have prosecuted them. You're holding them in a prison and God is saying, forgive them and release them from prison. Release them from prison. You know, I had to do that with my stepfather being an abused child and trying to figure out why and 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 I had to release forgiveness from him. I never got to never got to be able to speak to him before he passed away, but I do know that that when he passed away, I was good because I had forgiven him and I had released forgiveness to him. And I believe that that a lot of times we keep people in a state because we hold unforgiveness against them. And unforgiveness turns into bitterness.
0: Amen. And then finally, learn to communicate. Yes. When we're angry, I mean, go talk to somebody. And, and I'm not, trust me, the first person, the first one we need to do is talk to God. Lord, I don't like, the, I don't like how I feel right now. Because I'm getting ready to say something or do something I'm going to regret later on. Lord, I ain't, I ain't thinking of no scriptures. <laughs> I don't know what scripture applies right now, but whatever it is, I don't know. But you got to help me because I'm finna to go slam off on somebody and I'll, I'll pay for it later. But the, the thing is, we all have to have that person in our life. I mean, and it may be, it may be going to your supervisor and say, hey, look, I got to talk to you about something. And they may not, it may not be your supervisor you're upset with. But find somebody and begin to talk it out because you find out as you talk to people more often than not, the more they talk, they will solve their own problems. But sometimes it just takes, you know, just like, you know, something and I'm not, you know, not so much that we, you know, over so-and-so and so-and-so and and telling on people, but like, look, something's going on in my life. I just need, can can I, you got a second, I can vent with you.
1: And, And I wanted to bring communication brings up a good point. Uh, 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 some things that we... are angry about or holding on to uh and we're talking about it's a stronghold of anger we're not talking about because there's good anger um there could be angry i'm i'm angry at the state of this world so it drives you to a point to pray i'm angry um at myself because i want to dig deeper into god we're, we're that's a healthy anger we're talking about the un- unhealthy anger um understand that in anger communication A lot of times it is our version of reality that drives us to anger. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's our version of of how it played out. It's our version of what that person thought. They may not even have intended for it to be that way. They may not have even uh, 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 it furthest from the truth. But when you sit down and you communicate with that person, you realize you see their point of view and they see your point of view. And it was truly a misunderstanding. We talked about last week about selfishness. And a lot of times it's us getting out of ourselves to say, hey, you know, why am I angry? What, what what's going on right now that's causing me to be angry? Wake up in the morning angry. Go to bed angry. What you want? No. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you ain't fine. What you mean? I'm fine. Um, y- y'all, and, and like I said, you flip, flip, flip. Nothing. So you got to find out what is that. What's that thing that's that's pushing your button, and then deal with it. Communicate. Even if you got to talk to yourself, communicate with it. This is the way I am. God wants to change how you are. We use that as an as an excuse and justify it.
0: And and again, and she brings out a valid point. Anger within itself is not wrong. It's the prolonged, ongoing, uncontrolled anger mm-hmm. that's gonna get you in trouble. Yes. I mean, because if you didn't get angry, you wouldn't be human. But it's okay, I feel anger, how am I gonna act?
1: And Jesus, Jesus got angry. He turned over the the tables in the in the in the temple because of the simple fact they were they were defiling the temple of God. They, he threw it over. He told them get out. So that that was a righteous type of anger, and God is not against that. It's those that that like I said those time those anger the angry when it's not healthy. Okay,
0: so go to work. Throw over, turn over the coffee pot. Kick over the copy machine. <laughs> no, I don't want to be here today. <laughs> okay. And our last point in our pulling down strongholds, and if you look back over these notes, over and this is our 10th point, you will see that a lot of these will tie in together. Mm-hmm. Like she just brought in, in selfishness. Okay. Consistency. Consistency. Being consistent Ooh. with God. Jesus. Being consistent with God. I remember when I first got saved back in 1980, and I went, and as I've said before, I went through a long period, about eight years, that I was in a backslidden state. And and pretty much when I got angry with that guy, that's where I was. I was in that backslidden state. Um, But I remember every time I sinned, I felt like I backslid, And I would tell, you know, like I would use a a bad word or something like that. It's like, oh, I'm and It's like, no, I sinned. And there's a difference. There's a difference. But we want to learn how to be consistent consistent with God because God is consistent with us. And we are made in his image. So what is consistency? It is acting or done in the same way over time, especially so far, um, so as to be fair or accurate. Unchanging in nature, standard or effect over time. Mm. Consistent, consistent. I am a very consistent person. If you are wanting to set me up, you know, like throw spike strips out and flatten my tires, I will be at going the same way to work. If you want to poison me, I'm going to be eating the same kind of sandwich. You know, if you want to tick me off, then go to the cereal aisle and steal the same cereal because I eat the same cereal, the same yes, breakfast. I am yes. so consistent yes, to a T in that area. But in other areas of my life, not so consistent. But we have to learn to ah. make God the primary consistent thing in our lives.
1: And, and look at what that last definition, it says unchanging in nature, standard or effect. Over time, it's easy for us to be consistent for a day. Mm But can we be consistent over time? Uh, Unchanging in nature. Your nature does not change. You are you you you're you're so um, uh, uh, plugged into God, no matter what comes, no matter what anything happens to you, nothing is going to separate you. It says from the love of God, no matter what's going on, God, I could be down to my last God. I'm gonna stick with you. I'm not gonna change because of my situation. I'm not gonna change loving you. I'm not gonna change seeking you because things are. Or I prayed a prayer and it didn't get answered. God, even though that prayer didn't get answered, I'm still gonna serve you. Yet will I serve you? Yet will I still love you? Although I'm I'm like God, okay? Are you gonna move? When, When you gonna move, God? Because I don't see anything happening, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to be consistent. I don't care how much time it takes. I'm going to hang in here, God. Do you got that hang in spirit?
0: All right, first point. When it comes to consistency is short-term actions often produce long-term trouble. Yeah. Mm. Short-term actions often produce long-term trouble yes so if we want what's really best in the end like you know something i mean how many of us have ever had to take a test and the teacher kind of hints but don't really say and you're like what's the answer number two (laughs) what's the answer number two (laughs) and i mean it's like first of all why didn't you study (laughs) <laughs> I mean really, that's true, and were we're trying to find as, as an instructor when I was uh in the military academy we would we would say' all right, here's the manual, and we will teach you what you need to know, and the students would take the manuals and they would highlight just what they needed to know they didn't want to know all the information, so we're always looking whatever you teach somebody oftentimes they're always they will oftentimes try to find a shortcut like well, so you you clean this bathroom, and then you clean that bathroom, and then you clean the kitchen, and then you sweep the floor, and then you do this, and there are, well, I can come up with a better way than that. But then it looks, it don't look the same. And we oftentimes, okay, well, I don't have to sit and read my Bible. I just got an app on my phone, and I can listen to it while I'm driving to work. So I can sleep in a whole half hour. That's 30 minutes more sleep I can get. <laughs> But then when God becomes inconsistent in our lives, mm. our short term actions are going to produce long time trouble. So then when, when I get in my funk about my anger and I'm like, I don't have a prayer to pray is why? Because I can't bring out of me what's not in me.
1: That's good. It's
0: not in me. I read that somewhere. Oh, yeah. Money is the root of all evil. Yep. Right. The love of money. Yes, the love of money. But we listen to what people say because we get so much information about what we hear and not what we read. And I'm not saying everything you read on the Internet, everything in books and magazines is correct. But if you want to know what the word of God says, read it. Don't just listen to it. We listen to, to scriptures all night, every night. One of us has our phone on and we listen to scriptures all night long. And I mean, I can't get up and tell you what 2 Samuel, the third chapter says and all that, but it's in my spirit. And my spirit will say, no, no, you can't do that right now. I don't know why I can't do that right now, but my spirit is telling me don't do that. Or my spirit is telling me I should do that.
1: Can can I, um, and Holy Spirit, just drop this in in, in my spirit. Um, Consistency does not only mean... um, in your walk, but it also means taking care of your temple, taking care of you, being consistent in taking care of you. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means that we have to take care of me. Well, I take care of me. How, what do I mean? Take care of us. Meaning that making sure that we get the proper amount of rest, making sure that, that we're doing those things in the inner man. As Pastor Robert said, that in the day of trouble, that there is something that Holy Spirit can pull out. If there's nothing in there, there's nothing that he can pull out you cannot use the bible says that jesus used the word what the word of god when the enemy came to tempt him he used the word of god and so in other words we have to start taking care of ourselves spiritually and mentally and physically we have to learn that um we uh, we got to study the word of god and be consistent in you're consistent in eating right Consistent in eating means that you are taking care of that hunger. You have to be consistent in feeding your spirit, man. Taking care of you. So uh, um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Next point.
0: Deciding what's best outside of yourself. Mm. Deciding being consistent means thinking about how your life impacts other people. Because everyone that you know doesn't have your phone number. Mm -hmm. Everyone that you know is not your friend on Facebook. Mm -hmm. There are people that watch you. And I don't mean they're stalking you. But there are people who observe your life consistently. And they're watching you. Mm -hmm. And they will never tell you what they think about you. How they admire you how they're tired of you leaving early and all of those other things so we have to as paul says be living epistles so you have to decide we have to decide what's best outside of me what's out is because none of us are here by ourselves none of us are going to walk this life and never ever need anyone else so Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, and we're almost done. It says, since you begin, uh, uh, anyway, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on realities of heaven where Christ sits in places of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not things of the earth. And not saying you can't think about things of the earth, but being consistent in putting God first. And then verse three, it says, for you died to this life and your real life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Because this is going to pass away one day. It won't be here anymore. This will disappoint you. This will let you down. This will cause you to stray away and say, I don't feel like it right now. I I can't do this right now.
1: Um, And and I I like what the first part of that says. It says that you have been raised to a new light. Those strongholds would have you to believe that you don't, you're not walking in the newness of life. Well, I'm still dealing with this. Well, I'm still, you know, I still have anger. I still have addictions. I still have this. But you have you must realize that when you give your life to Christ, say to yourself, I have been raised to a new life. Although all of these things have not taken place and I've not gotten free from these things, you still talk to yourself and say I've been raised to a new life. Self, you've been raised to a new life. Self, I'm not going to be slave to this because I have a new life. I'm ra- and you find that when you begin to talk to yourself, Those strongholds that's been holding you down, that pattern of thinking. Remember, we define strongholds as a culture of a pattern of thinking. When you begin to reprogram yourself and saying, I've been raised to a new life. I've been raised to a new life. I've been raised to a new life. Before you know it, you're going to be walking in a new life. Before you know it, you are going to be not even being cared or concerned about those things that were holding you captive. Talk to yourself and say, God sees me as a new person. God, help me to see myself how you see me. I'm a new person. I'm loved. I ain't got it all right, but I'm loved by you. I got a new life. I don't have to be bound by this. Q&A. How many of y'all got
0: dressed this morning? (laughs) All right. Okay. How many of you at some point? Okay. Well, well, I'm gonna get real deep. How many of you picked your clothes out last night? Nobody. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Okay. I struggle with that too. Um. But how many of you at some point this morning? Oh well, let me ask you this: Who this morning at no point from the time they woke up to the time they left the house? Who never looked in the mirror at, n- at any time? You did not look in the mirror at all, and you didn't either. Okay. So the majority of us all looked in the mirror. And when you looked in the mirror, what did you think of yourself? <laughs> but you 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 obviously got to a point. Maybe Maybe that one hair just wouldn't, or your makeup or something you couldn't oh, get your collar fixed right but at some point you got to the point you said hey this is good god looked at god created you know the the land and he said this is good <laughs> but god was pleased and he said this is good he didn't say it was perfect he said it's good and you looked in the mirror and you said this is good You thought, at least you thought in your mind, you said, this is good. It ain't perfect, but this is good. So we have to learn to be consistent in telling us, well, this is good. God, you're helping me through this. This is good. I'm not where I used to be, but I thank God I'm not where I want to be. I'm not like I used to be. This is good. I don't have $20 in my pocket, but I got five. This is good. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm trying to get there, Lord.
1: I don't know the scripture to help me out right now, but this is good. And and I am using Pastor uh, Robert's analogy of the mirror. You look in the mirror and you may say, "Well, this is good enough," or 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 you know, um, I I just can't do no more. I, I don't you know. I, the longer I stand here, the worse it's gonna get. But guess what? <laughs> At some particular point, you move from out of the mirror. Because you said, I got to get somewhere. And that is the same thing with us in Christ. God does not see us as being perfect. He does not see us as having everything together. But we got to still keep moving. We got to still keep pressing forward and staying consistent. Even though I don't have it all together, God, I'm going to stay with you. Lord, I know you love me and God sees it. But yet it does not stop him from loving us and being consistent with us. He says, I love you, baby. Come on. Come on, let me, you're you not feeling right? Let me wrap my arms around you right now. Let me help you to feel a little better.
0: But at some point, for all except for two folk, but at some point you decided this is, this is good enough because I've got something else to do. Yes. It could be Monday morning, it could be Thursday morning. You looked at yourself and, is that, and you said, I've got, you thought I've got something else to do. I can't, I don't have all time, all day to spend here in front of the mirror. No. I've got other priorities. And so we can't get stuck on one thing. That's right. Like, I'm going to stay right here until this problem gets fixed. I ain't leaving here. And remember how I said um, about thinking about other people outside yourself. It's like, excuse me, um, we're ready to go. I'll be down in a minute.
1: <laughs> you is know, talking 10 about somebody,
0: later? and it's like the boss is. I'm not honestly. I'm not. But <laughs> I mean, it's like five o'clock, and it's like your boss is saying, you know, I, I, I really kind of thought you would have called, but why weren't? Just let me. I mean. I, we're good. We're good. You're not in trouble. I just need to know why you weren't at work today. <laughs> I just couldn't get my hair right. <laughs> yeah. but, but we've got to get to that point of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Being consistent means also taking care of crossing all the I's and dotting. I mean, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. And being consistent means that if a problem doesn't get fixed now, it'll get fixed later on when you have more time to address it. Yeah, get your shoes on. Put your shoes on, then your socks. I don't care. We got to (laughs) go. Okay, last scripture, Galatians chapter 5. You were were running well, Paul said. Mm -hmm. Who held you back from following the truth? being consistent. You were running, you were running, you were running, you were running. It certainly didn't come from God, for he's the one that called you to freedom. So God's telling you to come. God's saying, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, and you stop. It's like, why'd you stop? Well, God told me to stop. No, he didn't. He called you. This false, false teaching is a little, is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he is or she is or your dog is, who has been confusing you. And Paul goes on to say something that, and I know we have our children here, but he says, I wish those people who were doing that would go ahead and castrate themselves. That's how Paul, that's how God feels about this. And he wrote that by permission by God. It's like if that's if if what you're doing, you're causing people to fail. Go and do that. And parents, y'all can talk about that later. I'm not apologizing, but I'm saying y'all can talk about that later. But that's that's how serious the offense is, is when you cause someone else to go astray, not to be consistent. Come on, man. If you don't want to exercise with me, if you don't want to go on this diet with me, if you don't want to go to Bible study with me, then fine, I'm going to go alone. I'm doing what I have to do. I love you. I love you. Please Please don't take this wrong that I love you any less. But I've got to do what I've got to do because the Bible says that I will stand before God and I have to give an account for the things done in my body, whether they be good or bad.
1: And and the scripture that comes to mind is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I talked about that, his way of doing things. Seek God. And I I was uh, when it was talking about the race, running the race, the, the enemy. He sets little potholes and, and, and things for you to see if you are going to stop or is this thing going to pull you back and, and pull. Is it going to make you get off course? Is it going to cause you to go astray? He sees that you're on fire, man. I'm, I got up and I testified about, oh, the Lord delivered me from this. And he was sitting there watching like, mm-hmm. wait till next week. And he comes next week and he's put something in your way. And it's really a a, a point of a decision of are you going to give into this? Are you going to let this thing take you back? And lead you to what a dead end life, as the scripture has said. Is it going to let you? Is it going to lead you into a life of nothingness? Or are you going to say, "You know what? I, I've been delivered from that stronghold. I'm getting rid of that. I got rid of that stronghold. I'm not going to let itself, uh, uh, let it attach itself to me anymore. But I'm going to let it. I'm not going to let it keep pulling me back. It says it holds you back from following what you know is right."
0: And the last statement taken from the great Vince Lombardi, quitters never win and winners never quit. And, and I didn't research to find out this man was ever saved, went to church or whatever, but it's true. If you're if you're a quitter, you'll never win. Mm. I mean, and granted, and, and I, I've heard stories and know people. It's like you try something, you like, you know something, that ain't for me. That doesn't mean you quit. That just means it ain't for you. You know, and and I have come to to know this within the last couple of years. You know, I got a phone call saying, hey, my name is Staff Sergeant Harrison. I'm with the United States Army, and we want to sit down and talk with you about a career in the armed forces. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Had no intentions of... Join an army, but it was just the opportunity. Well, guess what? Somebody fed me, gave me a place to sleep. All I had to do was make my bed, learn to march, fire a rifle. But everything I had to do, someone was there to tell me what to do. But we have teenagers who are leaving their mothers and fathers and going off to other places, and they've got to learn how to eat, how to study, how to wash, how to iron, how to get to class how to study, and they've got to do all of this on their own. I'm telling you, I take my head off to anybody who leaves home and goes to college. That's monumental. I was, I couldn't do that. Not when I was 18. I couldn't do it. I could do it now if I had to leave because I know more. But at 18, that's a big thing. That is a big thing. But if you realize it, you come out four years later and it's like, what do you mean? I don't have a job. Well, basket weavers are. I mean machines do those now so I got to go back to college again and find another degree what do I want to do so you go back to school for another four years two years it takes a lot but just because you don't keep up something doesn't mean you're a quitter okay well we miss it maybe it's something God's trying to show us but if you quit at everything you'll never achieve anything So quitters will never win, but once you, man, once you taste and see the goodness of God, when we really, really get in those deep places, those secret places of God, and it's like, wow, and it doesn't mean we won't miss it ever again, but you'll never, ever want anything less. So, having said that, we thank you all for everyone's input, everyone's questions, whether it was in here in the service or however, whatever time. You know, I believe that these were very pertinent. They were very important. Some great things that, that you all asked, and even those people who submitted online. Because it's not always just that prayer. It's not going to be just that prayer of we believe God to break this stronghold, to pull them out of this, and boom, you walk away. you got to know how to walk in it. And not how to go back to where you came from. Amen. Hallelujah. Give yourselves a round of applause. Praise God. And applaud your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where you at it. Come on, y'all. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, y'all. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.